This is Sports Best presented by Reposted on the Reposted Podcast Network. Coming at you like a game-ending check swing. He is Larry. We definitely went Olsen. And I am thankful for my free trial from TBS streaming to watch that game. Even though this reference is from last week, how is the quest for the second asterisk title going for you? Or are you just happy to be here? Well, you know, as you know, I sent you an email. It turns out people in L.A. don't care about the Dodgers anymore. Maybe it's because it's a 2 o'clock start for the Tuesday game. But you can get to the Dodgers stadium for like 40 bucks. Yeah, it's that's way too low. L.A. has given up. Maybe we're, we're focusing more on the Lakers run. But yeah. also, I think L.A. might, maybe second to San Francisco, might be full of a lot of people. If you go around any given weekday, you're like, what do you do? Why are you just walking around right now? So I think L.A. has a lot of that. So um, Dodgers fans, get with the game. Like, yeah, you just brought this up. This is the crazy time in sports world, right? Because you got the baseball playoffs. You got the NFL. You got college base, uh, college football, awesome. college basketball. Hockey. The hockey's going. Like, yeah. NBA season starts. It's like everything just like everything's at it right now. Yeah, we have the WNBA finals, all everything. But we start with breaking news this morning, Andrew Keller, dating back to the 2020 season. The Jacksonville Jaguars were on a 20-game losing streak. That streak was snapped over the weekend when the Jaguars beat the Dolphins with a last-second field goal in England. 20 losses in this row have the Jaguars pegged in the third-longest losing streak of all time to find the longest consecutive losing streak in the NFL. You have to go before the 1970 merger between the AFL and NFL was the Chicago Cardinals their 29 losses came between the 1942 season all the way to the 1945 season. Thank you very much. Are you uh, are you counting Jacksonville back in? Was this a fluke? Are we just celebrating the fact that they don't have to have the defeated uh, Ofer parade? Or what do you think? Is, is, is this meaningful? It was kind of weird because it was in London. That's what I think. It's weird in London. They're playing the Dolphins, who are kind of fickle to begin with. I don't think I would take them in a survivor pool. Is what I think that's what you're asking. Okay. Here's a, a or your confidence pool. Yeah. Here's a here's a question that is a, maybe a little bit too insider baseball, but is Trevor Lawrence to you more more of a Mitch Kramer or more of a Tim Lincecum? Who would you say is a doppelganger for Trevor Lawrence more? Mitch yeah, Kramer, the the guy from Days and Confused. That's the character. I'm going to go with Tim Lincecum. I like that. I think he's like a Tim Lincecum. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I, I would like to see Jacksonville maybe in the next couple of years turn it around with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the jury's still out on whether he's going to be good enough or not yet, but it should be good. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know, but uh, Tim Lincecum won a Cy Young, I believe. Yeah. He, yeah. Like two yeah. of them. Two of yeah. The freak. The freak, as they say. Another freak in the NFL, we could say, is Aaron Rodgers. He is just – everything he's done has pretty much gone well. But uh, they beat the Bears this weekend in Chicago at Soldier Field, which they may or may not get rid of. They're talking about building a new stadium in the inner city, but that's a different conversation. Aaron Rodgers is 22-5 and five against the Bears, and I think by all accounts owns them. But uh, he was, I think they were on the six-yard line. He rolls out. No one's available. He scrambles in. And is, as his team is celebrating with him, he's shouting at the crowds, I effing own you. I still own you. And uh, there's something to be said about that. Do you think it's Aaron Rodgers and 
the franchise that he owns or is it just he's so good and the Bears haven't put in an effort in the last 15 years? Yeah, the Bears have definitely sucked as well. I, I was curious. I, I did see this live and I saw him yelling at the Bears fans, blah, blah, blah. You know what his record is against the Bears? 22 and 5. 22 and 5. So, I mean, I guess that's ownership, but it's not perfect. He's lost to the Bears before. I mean, I would say he owns them. Uh, I mean, heads up poker, I would take 22 and 5 against you. I'd say I'd, I'd, I'm living rent free in your head. Okay. All right. Well, There's, I mean, He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Side note, the only people with better winning percentages against another team are Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger. Tom Brady owns the Bills with a 32-3 and record. Roethlisberger's 23-1. and 23-3-1 against the Browns. So you're saying that's the bigger, biggest ownership from a quarterback of another team? That's, that's, what, uh, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, okay. You know what? I suppose Aaron's right now. He does own them. He, he owns them with his bronze medal. Third place, Aaron. Third place. You know me. I just can't pass up a good vaccine story. You know that. You know that about me. This during the during the COVID outbreak. I saw this break and I almost sent it to you. And I was like, "There's no reason to send this to him. He's gonna. <laughs> it's exactly. already on the lineup." Exactly. I love this. But you know why I love this? Washington State football coach Nick Rolovich fired because he refused to get the vaccine. Washington put in a mandatory COVID requirement vaccine. If you're employed by the state, he stood by his morals and got fired rather than get the vaccine. He was due an annual salary of more than three million bucks in a contract that runs through 2025. He said he wouldn't get vaccinated and he didn't. He never clarified why he wouldn't. He just didn't. He was the only unvaccinated coach in the Pac-12, wore a master in games. Washington State had won its past three games, so it's not like he completely sucks. They were four and three this season, including a win over Stanford. I do you, I allot him that he's the one guy that's going to stick by his laurels and not go for the cash and he didn't get it. I think your your stat was only head coach in the Pac-12 because what I saw yeah. standing by your man a few of his assistant coaches left with him as well because they yeah. weren't getting vaccinated. I mean a, applause for Nick. It's what he he believes and it's worth not getting I mean with everything I keep saying this it's like it's up to you to determine what the risk is for you. And for him, it's worth three and a half million dollars to not <laughs> get, get vaccinated and potentially put foreign substances in his, his body. I'm, I'm sure he's very clean. He doesn't eat processed meat. He probably doesn't drink alcohol. He's probably never have a cigarette because he cares about his body. And so hats off to you, Nick. Uh, also, I mean, Washington state could have, or yeah, Washington state football could have maybe if he was, more valuable? I don't know. Because he was a distraction because he couldn't be at, at media stuff. He was zooming in. And it, he was kind of just a distraction in general. He applied to, for a medical exemption, and that was denied. And that was kind of the straw that broke the back on him getting fired. My main question about this, we, you know, all the sides have been covered on this, whatever, whatever. Nick Rolovich will, when this whole COVID thing dies down eventually, three years, two years, five years, will this affect him ever getting a head coaching job again? Or some school will hire him. Someone will hire him if he's good. I think there's also, it makes me sad that I think about this, but all these things are, are kind of shaken out and maybe in a year or two, there'll be some kind of wrongful termination lawsuit or, yeah. I mean, th there seems to be things. I think if he goes down that track, he's less likely to get a job, but mm -hmm. good on, good on him. Stand by your good. Him and Kyrie Irving are going to hang out and count the money that they didn't, they, 
that's not in their bank account. They should totally make a commercial together or something. They should make a commercial together. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if this is better or worse for the Ed Orgeron filibuster, but he has been <laughs> let go as the head coach of LSU. They are going to let him finish out the season. And he said this in response to it. The last couple of years are not the standard of LSU. I have no regrets. I want to, I know I went to work as hard as I could every day, tried as hard as I could every day. And that's all you can ask. The way he worded this, the, it hasn't been the standard the last couple of years. In my mind, couple is two years. Two years ago, they were 15 and 0 and they won the national championship. Last year was a hiccup, and this year they're four and three. I have two different thoughts. Part of it is like, what do you really want to do? LSU, it's not your birthright to have a, a national championship every year. It's kind of like when Nebraska let, oh, I can't remember his name. They, they fired their coach, haven't been relevant since. But on the other side of it, he's the second highest paid coach in NCAA football with about $9 million a year. So it's like, well, you do have to live up to that salary. Do you think they were making the right move and getting rid of him after one bad season albeit a COVID season. Absolutely. There's a great article. I think it's in the athletic or something that detailed what happened to Ed Orgeron. So it was kind of a middling coach. He got, he was a head coach at Ole Miss for a little bit, but mostly like a middling defensive line coach for most of his life. Not very successful, blah, blah, blah. The win, the minute he wins that national championship at LSU six months later, divorces his wife, then starts taking pictures with selfies of women in his bed. Doesn't show up to practice. Practices become chaotic. He literally completely loses focus and lets fame go right to his head. The minute he wins that thing, the minute he wins that national championship, the, 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 the program just goes right, not into the toilet, but close to it. He just could not recover. And by the way, I'm not blaming him. He finally has success in his life, gets a lot of money, and he just wants to party. God bless him. Now he really gets to. Okay, so are you saying, is he going to have another head coaching job or will he slide into like another assistant coaching role or is he done? That's a great question. I, you know, once again, man, those guys work so hard and it takes so much to be successful. Like, hey, man, once you've had a little taste of success, and by the way, he gets like 17 million bucks to leave. Like, I don't know if it's ever worth the grind again to do that. I don't think you get to that place in life to, to not be competitive and want to do it again. And also having that national, it's like winning an Oscar. You get this, even low budget programs are going to want him. So I, I say if, if he wants to coach again, he will, he might not, but I don't know. And Orgeron, could you do your Orgeron uh, impersonation, please, before we go on? Hey, old boy, we're going to Thank you. Thank you very Dibido, much. Bajron, Landry. There you go. That's what I, That's the only reason I put this story in the lineup. Oh, boy. The filibuster. <laughs> University of Tennessee police say there was 18 arrests, 47 ejections, resulting from a contentious call at the end of Saturday's match between Tennessee and Old Miss. It was nuts. After Tennessee's fourth down attempt was reviewed to be a yard short, fans hurled beverages, pizzas, golf balls, and other garbage onto the Neyland Stadium field, which caused a 20-minute delay. SEC's going to fine Tennessee $250,000. All of this, of course, because it was Lane Kiffin's return as head coach of Old Miss. He coached at Tennessee for one year. They decided to leave for USC. They didn't really like that. He was walking off the field when someone pegged him with a golf ball. 
He says he's going to keep the golf ball. Quote, the Tennessee fans there at the tunnel were all going, F you, F you. So I threw my visor, and they all started fighting for it. Maybe they don't really hate me after all. <laughs> when he returned to Tennessee, when he was an assistant coach at Alabama, Alabama security told him that he should wear a bulletproof vest. <laughs> Boy. I mean, if nothing else, SEC fans are lunatics, and that's just what you're going to so what you're going to get. I mean, also Lane Kiffin is kind of one of the examples of why I think Orgeron will get another job cuz Lane Kiffin is the poster child for burning bridges everywhere he goes. Like it's not it's not like he leaves anywhere with a good taste in their mouth. So, one other quick question about Orgeron. Do you think all these practices are chaotic? He's he's uh got a divorce. He's got women in his bed. He's posting pictures of it. If he's undefeated, is he still coaching with all this other chaos? I think Once so. Again, you, he, he, there's no way if, if you read this article in The Athletic, there is no way that team was going to do well. None. By the way, he came out and like supported Trump. Like he just made bad decision after bad decision. And like, I don't think supporting Trump is a bad decision in, L- in Louisiana. Uh, if you're African-American... I mean, once again, I feel like those players are mostly vanilla. I mean, coaches. Are you are, winning the locker room, man? Yeah. He, like he completely lost the locker room. Like on it, once again, on its face, you could support Trump, whatever. But like he just made bad decision after bad decision after. Like it was almost as if he didn't care. That's my point. He, he just didn't care anymore. And I'm not blaming him. He just didn't have the fire in his belly to be, you know, once again, if you're the head coach, you got to recruit every second. You got to be on the phone. He yeah. just lost the fire in his belly. And I, once again, I don't blame the dude. Yeah, this Tennessee situation, I guess getting back on track, there's going to be fallout. People are going to be arrested. I think they said 17 students got ejected and whatever. They're, they're going to do everything in their power to get rid of these people. I don't have the stat in front of me, but Knoxville Stadium holds over 110,000 people. They're just going to reload. I don't think anything's going to change from this. I, I, there's a bad thing. It's a bad look for the university. They shouldn't be doing stuff like this. It should be safety, but SEC fans are lunatics. Ugh, I don't. This. I don't think anything's going to change from that. They were saying this trash mostly came from college students. Man, yeah. what college student? What hungry college students would hurl a pizza? Buy the pizza in front of me. That's the last thing. You, I maybe you would just throw the box I if you were going to do something. Pizza, man. Well, we have a new segment on the show. Now it's time for a pretty safe bet that Larry probably won't take. Pretty safe bet that Larry probably won't take. Production value there. Right? The New Jersey or New York Brooklyn Nets are favored to win the entire season next year. There's a CBS Sports that has their nine different writers or sports influencers. I don't know what you would want to call them. And the majority of the picks are the Nets facing the Lakers in the finals. There's a one-off saying the Nets will face the Warriors. But overwhelmingly, everyone thinks that the Nets are going to win sans Kyrie Irving, or even if he comes back with him. Are you going to place a bet on the Nets to win? I am not because, as you know, I don't like favorites. However, I will disagree with your experts and say the Lakers are going to win the NBA championship. If I had to take some small money dollars, I might put a little on the Warriors. That's what I might do. What about the Bucks? The Bucks could Again, be a small money bet. I don't think so. I feel like they're higher up on the odds. I'd like to the bet small and go big. Well, I mean, in that, bet on the Mavericks. I wouldn't mind the Mavericks. I'd take a Mavericks bet. A spite bet on the Mavericks. Mark Cuban. 
Who do you think is going to win the NBA championship, big boy? Nuggets. Nuggets. They, they're training at altitude. They got better white blood cells. Good, great stuff. It won't be in a bubble, though. And that is sad. Boo. All right. This is pretty interesting because I've never heard of this before. Baseball owners have unanimously approved a plan that would have teams provide housing for all minor league players across all levels. Details of the plan still unclear, like how they're going to do this. But minor league players across the sport have been outspoken about the inadequate working conditions, housing responsibilities, and salaries. They're saying the total cost for a club to provide housing to all minor league players at home is less than $1 million a season. Minor league players saw a salary increase last year. Players at Class A saw a bump from $290 to $500. Double A from $350 yeah, to a week to $600. And Triple A from $502 to $700. I think this is really unique. I've never heard of anything in America where they're now going to house the minor leaguers. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty cool thing that they're going to be doing. These guys don't make much money, but it's kind of the gamble of like, if I do hit, I'll, I'll make it. And, and if you put the context of what it costs to house the players, you said about a million dollars, that's less than two players making minimum wage in the MLB. Last year, the minimum wage for a player playing a full season was $570,000. So it's a huge jump up. I think it's nice. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if this will trickle down to any other sport. I think the farm leagues for baseball is kind of unique in that way. For everyone else, it's kind of like, well, if you're not in the NFL, maybe you can go to another country, but there's no like feeder league for it. The G you League, know, maybe in basketball. The only thing that I think this comes close to is in regards to our intern who hosted a woman who played on the women's professional golf tour. They, when they travel the country, they have uh, locals hook their players up and stay at people's homes, which our intern did, which I thought, well, that's pretty interesting. There's a huge uh, amateur soccer tournament that's in Dallas every year called the Dallas Cup. It's international, and people come from all, from all over. And for a few years, we hosted referees from oh. Scotland. And so that was kind of cool. And then you get VIP access to hospitality tents and stuff. And my sister was big into soccer, so I guess we were a soccer family. I was any, too uncoordinated to play. Any chance that you made the referees haggis when they came over? No, they made it for me. Oh. They made it for me. I'm not going to make that for them. They also <laughs> brought some scotch. Oh, hey know, that's, that's a thing. Well, Coach K, by all accounts, in my opinion, is just a funny guy. He's interesting, and I, I hope hopefully he'll go into broadcasting in some capacity once he retires. But he's on his victory lap, his farewell tour right now. And he was on a talk show recently talking about how him and his wife are part of a uh, a, a nonprofit that has a, a wine a wine event in Napa. And this year they raised $12 million at this charity event. Wow. And one of the things auctioned was four tickets to his last game against North Carolina. And the four tickets at auction went for $1 million. Wow. Which like that's sticker shock, but also when it's for a charity, that's a write-off. And so the 5% and above in as, as far as wealth, like that's not as shocking I mean, it's not a real number when the one million just goes against your income. According to a StubHub, the tickets for that game are ranging between six thousand and fifty thousand dollars a piece. Fifty thousand is a, a lot of money for a game, but two hundred and fifty thousand—that's a write-off, man. I didn't think 
about it, but it makes sense. Now I didn't realize that, you know, every game that Mike Krzyzewski coaches, that's going to be a big deal because it's the last time he's at Virginia, blah, blah, Until what? My, Virginia? My, or wherever he's playing, whatever, you know, wherever the Duke goes and plays games this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my brother-in-law and Matt Walker are going to like Las Vegas to see like their big dookies and they're going to, they want to go see a coach K coach team one more time. So they're flying to Vegas to see him at some tournament. There you go. The dookies. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I, I wouldn't pay that. I think I'm just going to watch the games on TV, even if it's a write-off. Nah, no, probably I would do it for a write-off. No offense, but you're not a dookie. I don't want to offend you, but you're not a dookie. I'm not a dookie. Oh, boy. As previously said in this episode, the WNBA has a new finals champion. I mean, do we care about this? I mean, I'm wondering if the younger sports fan cares about the WNBA and the women's ass. I mean, is this something that we should care about? Maybe. Oh, we should care. So, in an 80-70 to 70 Game 4 victory, Chicago defeated Phoenix to get their first WA. WNBA title. I want to know, do you know the the mascot or the team name for Chicago or Phoenix? No. Chicago Sky. Okay. And the Phoenix Mercury. I like the Phoenix Mercury. That's a good name. I mean, good on people that are WNBA fans. I'm not a WNBA fan, but uh, that's exciting. Anytime a city wins its first title. Can you name one player on either team? Uh, yeah, Sky Kalia. Kalia. She was the MVP. That's part of the headline. There's also <laughs> Yo, no one player, man. Candace, yeah. Candace I, I don't. But but I'm also not a WNBA fan, right? <laughs> like I don't expect people that are not NBA fans to know who Kyrie Irving is. I was hoping we were going to get through one episode of Sports Best, but now you're a sexist. You've come out as clearly a sexist, Andrew. How's that? You're a sexist. You don't like the WNBA. I like women's soccer. I like that more than men's soccer. Uh, I I still, I've got a rule. You're a sexist. Sorry. I think this show has turned into different ways you can call me derogatory names. That's really funny. (laughs) Well, this has been Sports Best. We'll see you later this week to see if Larry is still in his $1,000 survivor pool. We don't know yet. I'm Andrew for Larry. See you later this week.